They fell, they fought, they hunted. Hello, and welcome to Spilling the Blood, a podcast dedicated to spreading the word of the blood hive. We will be breaking down each episode of Yellow Jackets, and there will be spoilers, but we'll try to keep them to the episode we're covering. I'm Sherry. I'm Michelle. I'm Crystal. I'm Katie. Today we will be covering Season 1, Episode 5, titled Blood Hive, directed by Eva Sorhog and written by Amini Rosa. But before we get to the buzz, we're going to do a quiz. We sure are. So we settled on what 90s song are you this week? We all remember the 90s, but do you remember all the great music from that decade? Take this quiz to find out which 90s hit defines your personality. What do you got, ladies? Mine is Vogue by Madonna, but I don't agree with the description. Carefree and fun. I am definitely not carefree. I am riddled with anxiety, (laughs) but carefree and fun. You're always down to have a good time, whether it's heading to a party on the weekend or just hanging out with your friends. You know how to enjoy life and never let the small stuff bother you. Anyone want to go rollerblading? <laughs> I got the same, Vogue. I love Me too. it. That's a good song. Good song. Yep. That was a good song. What did you get, Sherry? I got Ricky Martin's Livin' La Vida Loca. That's a good one, too. Ooh, that a is a good one. one. What a vibe. But wait until you hear the description because it makes Uh-oh. no sense. Athletic and outgoing. <laughs> you always know where the party is because you're usually the one throwing it. You love a good adventure, but you still keep a level head on your shoulders. Your large circle of friends is important to you, as that is where your strong, extroverted nature thrives. Wow, it's like the opposite of you. That's interesting. 100%. But you do love to go dancing in the rain. (laughs) Obviously. Also, I heard she'll make you take your clothes off. (laughs) That would be the same. That's right. Living the vida. Outside, inside, out. <laughs> I know it's all sounds kind of dirty after the fact. When I was a kid, I didn't know. I was like, ooh. <laughs> I wanted money to buy that album, and so I offered to mow my grandma's lawn, but my grandma had like two acres of land. <laughs> so oh, God. I mowed all that lawn for one Ricky Martin CD. Wow. That's not a lawn, that's like a whole field. So I guess I can start recapping and I apologize. I feel like I have a lot of notes with this episode, like a lot of notes. And there was a lot of back and forth with the flashbacks to the forest and current. Yeah, let's get started. Um, Speaking of getting the party started, we (laughs) go to the forest and the girls are dancing to This Is How We Do It. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it, love it so just much. Doing a, like a mob flash dance. It's fine. Just casual. I just, I did think it was funny that Travis and Coach were just like kind of sitting there and they're just watching this. Misty was on the sidelines too. Being a weirdo. Like, <laughs> you don't need to be the water girl of the flash dance, Misty. <laughs> yeah, like you can join now. So it like made me think that they've been doing this dance for a long time and Misty was never included. Yeah, it must be a team thing for sure that she was Ever since they about. were lowercase G's, but now they are big G's. Like prior to the plane crash, you think? Like the I whole team so. was just doing it? 
I think so. It seems like it. It seems like something they know. They bring Javi in and like Javi even knows. Like he's just like less than a moon. Maybe he catches on quickly. He's a good little dancer. Well, before Misty even has a chance to try, the batteries run out. And my favorite thing that is so 90s that just takes me back to like Sega Genesis days is when they're like, why don't you blow on it? Yeah, (laughs) 100%. But right after that happens, there is some creepy creaking noises up above. And the group does immediately just kind of stop and they look a little bit shook up about it. And right away, Mari says that it might be the dead guy. And Nat has to chime in and say that it's the dead guy's missing fingers trying to find their (laughs) way home. So funny. Even though people are giving reasoning to this, Lottie still seems especially shook up about it and seems to think it's something more than just a noise. Right after this, we cut to a creepy scene where Misty walks into the coach's coach's room and he's sleeping and she's about to touch his morning wood, but he senses her. And he wakes up pretty startled and telling her to not fucking touch him, which... Was very valid response to that situation, I think. Oh, 100%. My note was, Ben loves the wilderness so much, he's pitching a tent right now. (laughs) I also loved the music when Misty came in, because it was almost like a, like the Holy Grail. It was like a, yeah, yeah. Which was kind of her face, too. Like, her eyes while she's reaching. Yeah. Very like, oh my god, what is it? What is it? In the morning, Nat wakes up Jackie. And Jackie looks like she's kind of on a comfy mattress. Like, where did that come from? Yeah. I probably pulled it from somewhere. Maybe there's like a bed in one of the rooms or is something. Is she the only one though? Like everyone else seems to be sleeping on like Jackie, thin. So. She pulls that Real Housewives move where somebody always has to have yeah. the best room. She's the Ramona. <laughs> I do like how Natalie's like up and at him or something. Like she's like, I don't know what the yeah. phrase is, but <laughs> get up. <laughs> I've never had to do this before. <laughs> Yeah, as it turns out, I guess their periods have already all uh, synced up. Gotta love female hormones, but Jackie does seem like she wants to use that to her advantage and as an excuse to not really pull her weight uh, around the camp. Uh, She goes outside and she's just kind of looking around while one girl is making makeshift liners for everybody's periods. Uh, Some people are hanging up clothes, ties, cutting up wood. And I love this line so much. They just look at Jackie and she says, bloody soldiers on the left, breakfast on the right, don't mess them up like Travis did. As they're using (laughs) them to clean the, the liners that they've made the best or travis though can you imagine like like that's not a fun thing to wake up to in the morning like you think you're nah. going in for your porridge and then i know poor teenage boy he's like get me out of here this is disgusting <laughs> but also wouldn't it look kind of off if, like if you're looking at that water um but yeah that would be unsuspecting opens it up and just yeah especially all at the same time that is a lot of hormones in one space all of those girls like I can't even, that would just be terrible. I hate the thought of it. (laughs) So they tell Jackie to go get some water. So Jackie goes ahead, takes the bucket, goes to the lake. And Lottie just happens to be in the lake already. And Jackie doesn't really seem to think it's that weird, except that she asks her if it's cold. She just kind of made it seem like this would be a normal occurrence for Lottie. 
but when she asks Lottie, Lottie kind of seems surprised that she's actually in the water as well at first and says that she thought it would be warmer. But other than that, Jackie doesn't really seem to act very concerned about the situation. Jackie took it really well when Maru's like bossing her around and like, go get some water. Yeah, considering. I mean, she probably realized then that she wasn't really pulling her weight as everybody else is standing around doing things. Also, she's literally the last person that got up, clearly. Like, everybody's already been Mm -hmm. up for a while, so Mm -hmm. you should feel guilty. (laughs) I love that shot when Lottie's, like, standing in the water and it's like Jackie has moved away and, like, it looks up. The camera comes up from out of the water. But it's good. It's good, too, in her little, like, pink innocent pajamas, too. Like, her Mm -hmm. little silk pajamas. But it's like something is watching. Yeah. And it's just like she senses it or something guided her there. Who knows? But when Jackie comes back with the water, um, some of the other Yellow Jacket girls are kind of looking at her smugly while she struggles with the bucket. And obviously, (laughs) Shauna then feels bad and goes to kind of help her. And Jackie says to her, her in reference to everybody else being synced up, you don't have a bloodsucker in between your legs like the rest of us. But tells her she doesn't have to worry because she's a virgin. A blood sacrifice, right? I liked that Shauna noticed that everyone was, like, giving Jackie the dirties. (laughs) Well, and I think at that point, it must have just been even obvious to Shauna that she wasn't really putting in her weight either. Yeah. So, yeah, she just wants to kind of save her probably from everybody else being mad at her. You're right. Um, Now we go to the present and Shauna is ignoring her toast as she's texting with Adam about going out that night. Callie comes in and they're kind of arguing about her going to a Halloween party in the city. But due to safety, Shauna doesn't want her to go. And Callie is just kind of being a straight up rude ass about it. The best thing, the best thing about this episode (laughs) for me was her saying that Shauna's idea of fun is sitting on the porch dressed up as some 90s character nobody cares about. And then Shauna says, but the people who read... Oh my gosh! (laughs) Oh my sweater as I say this. But the people who matter recognize Daria. So clearly, since I'm wearing this sweater, I was screaming as this was happening. (laughs) Michelle just revealed to all of us that she was wearing a Daria sweater and it was very exciting. (laughs) I did that so smoothly as I stuttered. And was did. Actually, no, it was actually really smooth. Very I'm like, smooth. well Surprise done. Deal. I love Daria. Yeah. She's great. I love that show. So good. I can also relate because that's my idea of like a like perfect Halloween is, you know, dressing up as some random character that nobody knows. I dressed up as Hulk Hogan this year and I like had a homemade mustache and everything. And one of the dads <laughs> was on the street and I was giving his kid candy. He's like, are you Hulk Hogan? And it was so exciting. I was like, hell yeah, brother. (laughs) When you wear a costume like that and somebody references that they know, you're like, I found my people. Right? 100%. I, in teacher's college, dressed up as, why can't I think of her name? Daryl Hannah's character in Kill Bill. In the nurse. Oh, Elle Driver. Elle Driver, thank you. Um, I had like the little patch. I had a little like tray that I carried that had like a syringe on it and some like bottle, like medicine bottles. And and I walked around whistling that song. <laughs> Love it. Ooh, that's very And somebody and came fun. up to me and said, are you like a slutty nurse? And I was like, <gasps> how dare you? No, I am not a slutty nurse. Not that there's anything wrong with that if that's what you want to do. But I am <laughs> L driver. <laughs> oh, got you an app for that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I had any really unique ones. I had 
I was squints in Sandlot and a lot of people didn't know who I was. They're like, oh, you're a nerd. I'm like, no, it's very specific. And I had Wendy Prefercorn written on my hand. Aw, cute. <laughs> I'm weird because I love Halloween, but I never have good ideas of how I should dress up. So I never do. But I still just love the idea of Halloween and spooky things. But I need to start dressing up. But Crystal might have to be my, I don't know, Do a group one. Group ones are fun. Yeah, you yeah. can do it together. Anytime. My sister is like a pro at Halloween. It's like her holiday. And she's d- been doing it with my niece now, who's she's about to be four. And my favorite one was when she was barely, she was like less than one. And she was Danny from The Shining. And they were the twins. Oh. <laughs> her and her That's husband. Cute. He had a wig. And I was like, this is the best. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Shauna is trying to say that she's going to a book club meeting on Halloween night uh, as Jeff walks in. Um, and he actually seems interested in going with her. And he asks what book they're reading. And Shauna just replies, the, the girl in the train window, but tries to tell him that he shouldn't come by saying that it's an opposite of a sausage fest and there just be women there. And Jeff says, oh, okay, it's, it's a clam clam bake I get it I don't need to go <laughs> I actually do feel bad for Jeff like I yeah, feel like he's genuinely trying to make an effort he is. Yeah. he's being betrayed yeah. it is funny though that Shauna call- says our daughter's an asshole I'm like yeah she kind of is <laughs> rude ass mm-hmm. but I was kind of like that a little bit too at that age I guess being a teen there's like something that happens to your body and the words you say especially as a girl are just so harsh I don't know so still in the present, they show us Nat just kind of hanging out in her fishnets in her room. Yeah, what the fuck is she wearing? What is she wearing? She's wearing fishnets I, and a pink Floyd shirt. It's so weird. And underwear. I can't say I ever just casually wear fishnets just to hang no. out around the house. But but I'm also not Juliette Lewis. So. That's exactly yeah. what I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah. She can do whatever the hell she, she wants. She can do whatever she wants to. <laughs> I have to say that I love that she is like, laying on the bed, watching this UFO documentary and snacking in her t-shirt, underwear, and fishnets. I wouldn't wear the fishnets. I would definitely just wear my t-shirt and underwear and like snack on the bed while yeah, watching that UFO part's documentaries. Yeah. She was it. eating sunflower seeds, which I thought was a weird choice. I love Is that what she was eating? I love seeds. them. I do too, but in bed? It makes sense for her though. They're kind of like an addictive snack where you have to keep going and like the spitting and spitting it out and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I could see it. She's definitely a full-on mood in that scene. (laughs) She is. But Kevin ends up calling her and actually lets her know that he got the toxicology report on Travis and it's clean. Uh, Kevin then tries to casually ask Nat if she ever wants to hang out again, but he just brushes her off saying that she has another call coming in. But once she hangs up, she reluctantly calls Misty and the name on that she has her saved on as her phone is don't pick up. <laughs> uh, I need to do that with some people in my phone. It's very glorious. The men in this show don't don't fare very well. No. Yeah. These poor guys. These are all strong independent ladies though, I guess. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't really fare too well either, I suppose. But... I was gonna say a lot of the girls don't either. <laughs> yeah. But I love Misty's reply when she calls. And she's like, who is this, please? As if you haven't been waiting for her to call you. 
Really? I haven't heard an apology. Also, she gets over it. There's just like silence when she asks for an apology. And she's like, okay, well, you've been through a lot. So <laughs> forgive me. I'm over it now. My approach didn't work. When Nat calls Misty, she is kind of getting Misty to talk to her connections, I guess, to try to figure out what was on that toxicology report. So Misty pretty much just offers it up that she knows somebody that can hack into Kevin's email to get into Travis's files. Once she hangs up on the phone with Nat, two kids come dressed up because she's currently in a room with one of her elderly patients. And the kids kind of are a little bit rude as well. And once they ask trick or treat to the elderly lady, Misty just goes ahead and casually turns the machine off with the power switch <sighs> with her foot and yells code blue and traumatizes the children. And just after they leave, she just nonchalantly turns it back on after this lady has been without life support probably for a few seconds. She's so ruthless. And yeah. she said, trick it is. Trick it is. <laughs> With absolute glee in her, yeah. in her voice, yeah. And just, yeah, she just has no, like that right there, I'm like, you have to be a sociopath. Yeah. You don't care. She enjoys other people being afraid. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it's a little bit of that God complex. Like mm-hmm. she knows that she's there to kind of save somebody, but she has the power to help them or not or yeah. It's like that famous killer nurse that killed all the elderly people. It was like a whole power yes. thing for her. Mm-hmm. I think that's Misty. It is. Back in the forest, Shauna still hasn't had her period yet, but to try to fool people, she goes to try to use blood from a carcass to hide the truth. So basically using some of it, put it on a liner, make it seem like she's actually having her period. But Ty does notice her doing that, so not too sneaky. And then kind of on the note of Ty, they go back to the present time and it's revealed that her polls are not doing well. She's down by 20 points. Her wife's trying to make her feel better and they have a nice little makeout sesh, but while that's going on, suddenly Ty's dog starts barking and Ty kind of realized that something wasn't quite right and maybe by triggered by her stress, she once more sees the wolf out on the street, which is what it seems like her dog is barking at. So she decides to follow outside to go see what the wolf is doing. But she notices as she's outside looking around that on her window in red paint, somebody wrote the word spill on the door. And interesting that's the same phrase that all the old people at that fundraiser were telling her to spill, spill, spill. And we're going to hear it later too in the attic. But also I think this is a good little nod to like animals knowing when shit is bad. Cause that dog growled for some reason. And they're like very aware apparently of like spirits and bad things that are about to happen. And that dog knows what's up. (laughs) Yeah. And more of Ty being tied to wolves, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Shauna is kind of tied to rabbits somehow. Misty seems like all about birds. She's always got owls on her scrubs and obviously Caligula. <laughs> but if I remember correctly, Misty had 
a rabbit's foot in her glove compartment, which I am waiting yeah. to see if that was some kind of message to us. Interesting. That's very observant. I haven't really yeah. thought about how some of them have like animals kind of attached to them in one way or another. I probably didn't come up with that myself. I probably read it somewhere. <laughs> Does Nat have an animal attached? That's what to I'm them. waiting for. Yeah, I'm Me waiting for too. that. Or is it? Or is it drugs? Or no, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, somebody has to be magical, Mister Mistopheles. So maybe it's yeah. Tough. Back in the forest, Jackie is quickly back to being lazy. And she's sitting there trying to get a Walkman to work while everyone else is working. And they're shooting her dirty looks again. Shauna again notices and she takes that opportunity to try to help Jackie out. So she basically grabs her, tells her that she's going to teach her some skills. But Jackie doesn't seem too into what Shauna is trying to show her. And Jackie just basically then becomes honest and says that people are noticing that she is not helping and she needs to step it up. And then Shauna kind of tries to give her a little bit of a pep talk. But it's obvious that Jackie at this point is obviously feeling the heat of not really feeling like the leader of the group anymore. Like she's not a leader in the forest like she was back at home. And Jackie does seem a little bit upset because she even says that she acknowledges that Shauna's thriving in that environment rather than her. But then Shauna tries to be a sweet baby angel here and says that Jackie is the one who taught her how to be that way and that the group also needs her as well. And then you notice that Shauna puts that necklace back on Jackie's neck when they... Yeah. I loved that whole combo. Yeah, like how she calls her... You can tell they're like really... Like it gives me happy butterflies because you can tell they're really good friends like she's calling her a badass she's like well, you're dumb hot awesome self like you taught me to be this way to be like you know yeah it's so sweet it's very sweet and to also be close enough to be able to have that honest conversation too mm-hmm. to be like hey everybody's knows shit together yeah yeah exactly yeah back in the present time we find out that sammy is a sandwich for halloween and i they, love this he's i a love sandwich. this sammy, the sandwich so you finally get to be a cute, normal kid and not exactly. a creepy weirdo. Poor little Sammy. It doesn't family. last very long. It doesn't last. Oh. <laughs> He's just misunderstood. Yeah, poor little baby. Once they get back home with Sammy after trick-or-treating, uh, Ty notices that they did get a campaign postcard from her opponent, which basically is tearing Ty down, saying that she's not being truthful. And her wife actually at that time says that she thinks it's time for them to go low and bring up her opponent's secrets about his daughter. But then when Ty goes and puts away Sammy's costume, she happens to notice that Sammy has the red paint under his bed. So it's obvious that he's the one who wrote spill on the door. And we find out at this time too that Adam and Shauna are just hanging out at a masquerade party with a bunch of college kids. Which honestly seems like my literal hell at this point in my life, but Same. good for them. I love, love that for them. Also, all I wrote in my notes for this was, "How dare they not dress up?" It's like upsetting to me. This is yeah, Halloween. especially when you're trying to be incognito, like yeah. And she clearly likes dressing up because Callie references that. So <laughs> truly, it's true. I don't know. Maybe it was on a whim. They're trying to be spontaneous. Yeah, they were just going to go back to his loft or something. But then <laughs> then he was like, oh, let's go to the club. Let's go party. 
We go back to the forest where Nat and Travis are currently trying to hunt, but Travis is not doing well. Um, and they kind of have a banter going back and forth, and Travis blames Nat, saying that her lady blood was scaring all the prey away and comments that the cabin is like a blood hive. <laughs> oh, you went there. You went there. Yeah. <laughs> So Nat's still kind of antagonizing Travis and because he hasn't been very successful with catching up with her with how many, I guess, kills he's had. I don't know. And yeah. I guess that was the kind of encouragement that he likes because he goes into hyper focus and ends up, is it a bird that he kills? Yeah. Ends up shooting and killing a bird. And then later on, Nat and Travis are still hanging out and they end up having their first makeout sesh. Yeah. <laughs> Also, the way he, like, sexily, like, gives her the gun and, like, brushes past her. Very smooth. Very smooth, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a very different Travis in this episode. Makes a tick on his list. Who's not catching up? I love that Nat's eyeliner is so, like, perfect. Even though, oh my god, she... You don't even have a mirror, do you? I don't know. Your caboodle's got a built-in mirror. Your well, that's Lottie. And Lottie, Lottie is protect was protecting her pills and whatever else is in there. So who knows if she's let anyone borrow it. Maybe Nat has her own caboodle or a knockoff like I did. I was going to say, it's it's a group of teenage girls. Surely some of them has some of them have mirrors in there. But also she doesn't care about it. It's like Jackie and people like her that care about what she looks like still. So yeah, you'd think that that wouldn't be a priority. Your eyeliner. Like you said, maybe she's just, can you imagine if it's just been on there since the plane crash? I feel like somehow. it kind of has. I'm not surprised. Just really great <laughs> eyeliner that never comes off. <laughs> Back in the present, Misty shows up to Nats with a diffuser as a peace gift, I guess. <laughs> uh, which I'm like, yeah, not on brand, I don't think. But And like super, super like flowery, girly. Yeah. And the way she knocks, I told you we don't need a code. I love how she knocks. That was my favorite. <laughs> what a dork. God bless her. And then, that, then she was like, I've got good news and bad news. And hands her the diffuser. And Nat's like, which one is this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my favorite. Then Misty tells her that her contact who was helping her hack into Travis's files was mad at her for not disclosing that they happened to be hacking into a police file. Mm. And then she, Nat asked her how she even knows this guy. And she said... Just by their citizen detective chat handles. <laughs> Never met in person or talked otherwise, I guess. But, oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> Armchair detectives. Yeah. During this time, Ty confronts Sammy about the red paint being under his bed and how come he wrote that, the word spill on their door. Um, they seem concerned, but then Sammy is trying to say that he didn't do it, that the bad one did it and that the lady in the tree made him do it. They're not really believing him. They're just telling him basically to quit lying and tell the truth. And he says it is the truth and dramatically swipes all the Halloween candy off the table and walks away. Why would you want to ruin those Reese's? <laughs> he did do it very dramatically though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I feel like he still had no emotion in his eyes during that scene. He's still just... Yeah. The way they shot it was really cool, too. It looked, like, even more dramatic than it was supposed to be. Because it, it, like, zoomed mm -hmm. out, like, right when Ty was like, geez, what happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was good. And I was surprised that as soon as he mentioned 
like the lady in the tree or the bad one that right away like Ty didn't seem more kind of like caught off guard by it a little bit. I think it's she's trying to like save face in front of her wife because her wife doesn't know about that, right? Yeah, that's true. Misty and Nat then go to meet Misty's contact at some, (laughs) I don't know, some kind of loungy club dive bar place. And he discloses that he wants to be in their investigation. And that's kind of why he's been withholding information. He wants to be part of the gang. But first we get Misty's screen name, which is African Grey. Like an owl, right? An owl. Yeah. I think it's a parrot or something, isn't it? Oh, is it? I don't know. Some kind of bird. It's some sort of bird, either way. (laughs) Crystal would know because she hates bird and she probably Googled it and was like, I need to stay away from this one, too. I will punch that bird in the face. (laughs) You will. How casually Natalie siphons the gas is gross to me. It's too easy for her to just spit gas out. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's been through some shit, and it looks like it wasn't her first rodeo with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he basically tells them that Travis doesn't exist, and that doesn't seem to really understand what he's meaning because she brushes it off saying, yeah, because he's dead. When they're not really getting anywhere with him with getting the files, they antagonize him with gas that was just siphoned out of the car and a lighter, making him scared that they will light him on fire in the club. And that makes it clear that she isn't afraid to go to jail over it. Fucking try me. I loved it. I I'll loved light your it. dick on fire. I do love it. It's great. <laughs> And needless to say, they received the police files from him after that. (laughs) Clearly didn't know what he was messing with. Look at Nat. You really think she put up with that shit? (laughs) And then after Nat being to Misty, like, you should ask that guy out. You two have so much in common. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So good. They work well together as a team. Gotta say, Mm -hmm. Misty gets the information. Natalie helps. Yeah. And then back at the forest, I think we're all excited that Ty and Van hook up. Yeah, yeah, they get their little stolen moments. So cute. I feel like Van is speaking for all of us when she says, finally. Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. But they are interrupted when they hear screams from Mari, who runs out of the cabin, and it sounds like a bug crawled up her shirt, but it seems like she thinks it's something different and more um, creepy, I guess. But Ty makes a joke that it must be the ghost. And then just the most logical segue, then Jackie's like, well, why don't we just do a seance in the attic? It's fine. And I love Laura Lee. She just says, the occult is not a laughing matter. Amazing. Yeah. But Jackie's like, it'd be fun. Just a casual seance. (laughs) Uh, We go back to the Halloween party in the city and Shauna thinks that she sees Jackie in her old soccer uniform but once she runs up to her it turns out it's actually her daughter Callie who's wearing Jackie's Mm. old soccer uniform looking like a zombie football player I guess is what it was and needless to say that does just immediately wind up Shauna and with perfect timing a wild Adam appears beside her and Callie right away is kind of catching on to what's going on. And she's like, oh, by the way, I'm on Molly. Ecstasy, mom. And then Shauna insists on taking her home. But she says it's just Molly. Like, it's not a big deal. It's just Molly. 
Where's Molly? It's ecstasy. Shauna, like, giving her shit, and she's, like, rolling, so she was, like, still dancing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh, no. I'm just giving her shit while she's there with her fling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Ty and Simone, they're talking about Sammy, and Ty just finally seems to come to the realization that she's worried about Sammy and that it may be an issue. And her wife is basically like, yeah, well, he's missing his mom. Uh, mentions how Ty's not really handling this stress and the situation with being in the running with a work-life balance at all, that she's losing a bunch of weight. She's not spending enough time with the family. And so Ty just asks her, like, does she think that she should drop out? And Simone says she doesn't want Ty to have any regrets. Too late. (laughs) Which I think Ty takes differently than probably the way that her wife meant it. Yeah. Sure that she meant you don't want her to have any regrets over making memories with Sammy and their other family. But Ty seems like she kind of takes it as not have regrets from dropping out of the race. Back at the cabin, Misty gave Coach some tea to help with his swelling. Uh, your leg. (laughs) In your leg. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) And then Jackie's just casually getting ready for the seance with Shauna. And she's putting out candles that are already on these perfectly... marked marks I don't know for the seance and some of one of them is the symbol that we keep seeing there but I like how she's just like just put them on the marks that are already there like that doesn't yeah it's more seance to do that yeah (laughs) no way could open a door straight into hell and Shauna's just like don't we have a better like thing that we need these candles for other than like summoning the dead Shauna's wise yeah it's very like let's open the hell mouth. It's not weird that there's already a circle of these. Jackie is hilarious. <laughs> and you found a dead guy. Like Yeah. I don't know. Is this Jackie's way of thinking that she is helping out and contributing by team building. Team <laughs> Team building through hauntings. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh man. Just yeah, so ridiculous. Nat and Misty, uh, back to the present, they're checking out the crime scene photos. And as they're looking, they happen to notice a smudge that looks like to be wax, which I'm like, I don't think I would ever even notice that. I don't understand how they got that. It kind of seemed like Also that transition from like her and him making out to like seeing the, like, why would you look at those pictures? That's awful. Like she looks at all of them. So awful. That would be so traumatizing yeah. for a long time. But as they start putting all the pictures together, they Misty somehow figures it out with being an armchair detective that uh, they're all kind of linked. So she's using a marker, kind of following along where the marks are and just finds out that there's a strange symbol. And it's the same one that's etched into the trees in the forest when she bum, put them bum, all together. Bum. Michelle, did you feel that this is a little too convenient that she figured it out so quickly? Yeah, it felt like a reach. A little bit of a reach. (laughs) Is it a reach or is it part of the conspiracy? Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. But Natalie in the background, Juliette Lewis is so good at acting. She's like casually getting more freaked out while she like realizes Mm -hmm. what's happening. She's great. It's Mm -hmm. fun to watch her. Turn on your diffuser and get that ylang-ylang going. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) get it going. (laughs) 
have some nice lavender. <laughs> but yeah, I think she's getting extra freaked out just because she said like Travis never believed in that cult yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And it backs up her theory that he was killed. Yeah. I yeah, but still I just still don't even notice how they no- notice that wax, but <laughs> well, Misty's been a how long has she been a citizen detective for? Probably many years at this point. Probably since they since they left. Probably. Since the internet was a big thing, I guess. I was going to say, she probably read The Stranger Beside Me by oh, Anne Roll back in <laughs> oh, 1995. Anne Roll for the win. Anne Roll's a keeper, yeah. Well, when you live your life outside the group, I guess you become more observant than other people. I think that's it, too. She doesn't have, like, a social life or anything going on. So, like, what else is she going to do? She's going to, like, focus on crime and, like, whatever she wants, I guess. Dating guys with muscular calves, you know? (laughs) I wonder also if she is behind everything, because we've talked about how manipulative Mm -hmm. and how sociopathic Mm -hmm. she is. Yeah. And like maybe she wants to lead Nat to this. So she's like, oh, look, look, these look like wax. And like, oh, Mm -hmm. let's put them all together and draw. Weird. That's that symbol that we keep seeing. So. Oh, right. And she's the one that found Travis's note. Yeah. Yeah. And. What Crystal was it you that said like maybe she left the because he was clean? So it reminded me of that because we found out he was clean and there was that like open bottle of alcohol when they went to his place because he so couldn't afford like, a two hundred dollar bottle of whiskey, so someone must have brought it. Yeah. So yeah, Misty, or was it Jessica Roberts? Jessica Roberts. Jessica seems oblivious, so it definitely wasn't her. I feel like she doesn't even know about that cabin, so I don't think it's her. But that's my guess. And I do think this is Misty's way of reeling Nat in. 100%. This whole situation for sure. And it feeds into her like needing to feel like she she belongs and she like yeah. is useful in someone's life because she can be yeah. like, oh, I can help you, Nat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back with Shauna, she, her and Callie are sitting, is it outside of a convenience store uh, possibly? Or maybe it's just right outside of the club. Callie is asking her about Adam and if it's her boyfriend. Her lover. <laughs> but she doesn't even seem yeah. mad at this. I'm sorry, what, Crystal? She it's says okay, her lover. <laughs> I said, oh, sorry. No, it's funny. I like how she says her lover because she's still kind yeah. of out of it. So clearly it's like, is that your Well, lover? okay, and there's a reason why I wouldn't say that, Crystal. She knows it's a word <laughs> that I hate. It makes me feel I hate it too. I think it's so weird. Why do people use that word? I don't like lover. it. It's weird. And it makes me think of that SNL skit in the hot tub. Oh, with like the best Will skit Ferrell ever. Oh my God. Lava. I hate it. Ugh. Crystal, do you have any words that make you feel uncomfortable? Probably, but I can't really think of any. How about moist? That's one of mine. I don't know. I don't love it, but I don't know that it bothers <laughs> me. <laughs> Crystal and some of our friends take joy in just saying words that I hate over and over again like what are some of the other ones (laughs) well just when somebody in like not trying to be in a funny way but like in a sexual way when they're like daddy I hate it oh yeah I don't like it and my friend Erica then will just be like oh Miles is a daddy like just to be an (laughs) asshole and I can't handle it (laughs) and like I guess I just like I'm not I guess I know Katie you had mentioned like your love language is like physical touch like yeah that's I hate I don't know like when we're watching The Bachelor and he's like making out with everybody and like I just 
Yeah, yeah but that's different. That doesn't mean I want to like make out. I'm not, I don't want to make out in public. It just means I like, that's, yeah, that's how I connect with someone. Like I'm just a touchy person, like as a friend too, like huggy and everything. But yeah. <laughs> Sherry and Katie, what are your no-no words? <sighs> grody is another one, but I don't hear it very often. Oh, I love grody. I think it's icky. It's icky. It gives me the... <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> okay, mine are particularly also in the same way that Michelle said uh, oh. that <laughs> daddy. daddy is one of her. No, <laughs> mine are if people say these seriously, nah, even oh, no. non-seriously, sometimes they bug me. No. Horny and hump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like to say horny, but like with a like when you drop the H and you're like horny. <laughs> No, it reminds me of like know. someone being ornery. <laughs> I think horny is a funny word. It's fun. Oh, I hate it. The hump. And I like probably neck. have more necking. What yeah, about snogging. I love snogging. I think that's a great British word. Mm-hmm. See, and that's for me. Like, I love Randy. Like when somebody says Randy instead of horny, I think that's funny. Like, <laughs> but horny, just no, no. Not no, even like in Austin Powers. Oh yeah, very horny, baby. <laughs> <laughs> nope. When people say make love, I'm like, stop. <laughs> I, I just about like shuddered when I even said it. But I wonder, like, what's what's worse, make love or horny? <laughs> I mean, I like humps, horny. Right? I think horny is funny. Make love is just Especially- funny. Like you can't say it with a straight face, or at least I can't. <laughs> also, like saying horny, like in reference to non-sexual things, like you could be like. I'm so so horny for these other men. (laughs) See, that doesn't bother me as much. But like, Crystal's just like, I'm horny for hot uh, for hamburgers. (laughs) I am horny for hamburgers. Everyone knows this about me. You should listen to three. What is it called? Three girls and Keith. It's Amy Schumer's podcast. I like actually binge the shit out of it because it doesn't exist anymore. Like they're done with it. But they have like a section. They have different sections every episode, and one of them is like, "What are you horny for?" And it could be about like literally. Anything. <laughs> it's so great. Love I love that. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I need to know what is everybody horny for right now. We know <laughs> Crystal's horny for hamburgers. <laughs> That's just a state um, of being. <laughs> mine is probably for pizza because I think I'm going to get that after this. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I would love to have a beer right now. I think I'm horny for The Sopranos right now. I've just been kind of binging it. Also for Pedro Pascal, I'm I'm Trey horny for him. Whew. Hi. Also, before we get back into things, I have to tell you the story. My neighbors have a three-year-old, and, like, we're really good friends with them, but their three-year-old calls Randy Big Daddy. And it is Oh, like, no! Oh, like, oh, hey, Big Daddy! <laughs> Everyone else started calling him Big Daddy, and it was so funny. Uh. Oh, I wouldn't be Michelle. Michelle's dying inside. For shame. Big Daddy. I can't. I can't deal with it. But when Callie and Shauna are chatting, Callie doesn't even really seem mad at Shauna. She just kind of asks her, like, when did you fall out of love with my dad? Like, yeah. and she seems like she's actually showing a lot of empathy for her at that moment. Yeah. And Shauna basically is just like, it's just not that simple. And that's when we learned from Callie that 
they do not talk about Jackie. They don't really bring her up at all. Mm-hmm. But she does tell Callie that about that it was Jackie's uh, uniform that she was wearing and that apparently Jackie's parents gave it to Shauna for Jackie's 40th birthday. Awful. Also, Callie is so sad about that too because she's like, I literally dressed up as like your dead friend. Yeah. yeah. Like she feels really bad. She's like, I didn't know this wasn't yours. Like I didn't know. That's awful. So awful. I didn't even think of it that way. Like she's mm-hmm. wearing someone who, oh, yeah. pretending to be I dead in somebody's uniform who is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. extra creepy. But yeah, Callie seems genuinely empathetic. And she tells Shauna basically that she knows that she's not fine after everything that she went through. Yeah, I like this conversation a lot. It's very sweet. Me too. She's like, you're so not fine. She's like, you don't think I see this, that you're not fine? Like, I love it. It's a very good, it's good mother-daughter talk that we haven't seen. And just acknowledging that probably nobody would ever be fine after a situation like that without even knowing exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Jackie, at the same time in the past, is starting the seance. (laughs) And it just kind of seems like Shauna's maybe trying to appease Jackie by partaking. And she gets to be, and I don't know what it's called. What is the person who's holding the pendulum called? Do they have a name? Like, is there an actual name for it? I think they just called her Jacques because she was supposed to be like. Because her name's Jackie? Or why? No, I think they were like calling the old dead hunter Jacques and she was supposed to be like the medium. I do like I that she changes his be Jacques. She like changes her voice. It's funny. <laughs> and then Jackie's like drawing the little X's and she goes to Travis. She's like, it's just, it's just deer blood and dirt. It's fine. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Again, just casual. It's fine. But also, like, deer blood and dirt. You're doing blood magic, girl. Like, that is bad news. <laughs> I know. She's yeah. using real things that you shouldn't be touching. It's bad it's bad and like where did she research this it's not like she had a phone to google how to Maybe, perform well, a i'm seance. sure they did it they said because time makes a joke about it like oh like we're in middle school like you want to do a seance so they probably did it when they were when they were young i don't know about you guys but i did some of that which oh, I would beyond light as a feather stiff as a board yeah. <laughs> oh i definitely played that that was fun <laughs> oh man no i'm not <laughs> fucking with no seance nah <laughs> nah Never now. At first, everyone is kind of making a joke about it. Van asks if OJ did it. I love it. <laughs> Just so 90s. Yeah. They ask if they would have won nationals if they didn't have a crash. Mm-hmm. And everyone's kind of not really taking it seriously. Turns out that Coach Ty, Jave, and Laura Lee are just downstairs not partaking. Mm-hmm. And Ty asked Laura Lee about basically if she was planning to fly that plane yeah, uh, to try to go back to back to Jersey. At this point, Coach is kind of showing signs of not feeling well and being out of it because Ty even says, Coach, you hearing this about Laura Lee mm-hmm. making it sound like that was her plan? And he's just like, not really, not really yeah. with it. Yeah. Misty then during the seance asks if the person she likes likes her back. Kind of cute. <laughs> then Van and Ty share a cute little glance at that yeah. time. Yeah. Then Jave kind of kills the mood a little bit, and he asks if they're all going to die there. Yeah, Javi, this is why you weren't allowed to play. <laughs> yeah, Travis immediately is like, what the fuck? Like, slaps him. 
and the pendulum starts swinging in an affinity motion, which I didn't look up like what that means if that happens in a seance. Right at that moment is when Lottie starts to appear that she's possessed kind of out of nowhere. Even though she was acting kind of funny, it's just like full on at this point. Um, And it looks like she's possessed by an entity that flew in from the attic window. It's very Evil Dead. It reminds me of Evil Dead. I don't know about anybody else, but the way that they like film it, how it like comes in. Oh, it's so good. It like immediately goes balls to the wall with her too. Like she's just right in it. She's immediately like muttering in French, which apparently she doesn't speak very well normally. And I love that they're like, well, Jackie, like, what is she saying? Like, what is she saying? She's like, she's not good at French. They're like, what, what is it, Jackie? And she's like, I don't know. I'm not good at it either. I sucked at French too. I love it. I love it. It's so fun. (laughs) And Van says, well, Jackie, try not to. Try not to suck at it. Uh, while Lottie is kind of saying in French, he always wants blood. And she's like cackling all creepily. Um, they're still trying to decipher what she's saying. Then Lottie just all of a sudden just smashes her face against the wall. It wasn't the wall or the window. The window. And she just starts bleeding. It all happens so fast. It's so startling. And as that's happening, Coach is downstairs and he's starting to vomit. Like projectile vomiting. Yeah, it's gross. And it's the timing. Like it pretty much happens at the same time. Yeah. And I like in the beginning when it's starting, she said she keeps saying like it wants, it wants. And then she says it's hungry. She does this really creepy thing where she grabs Van and says it's, is it Van or is it Shauna? Says it's Amy already. Yeah, that's so scary. It's in you already? No. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, thank you. (laughs) Especially now that we know that Shauna is pregnant. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Devil baby. It's like the omen. Yeah, and as Coach vomits, that's when we kind of start to think that Misty may have given him some tea that's spiked. Uh Right in the nick of time, Lee realizes there is a crisis upstairs, goes upstairs with a Bible saying the power of Christ compels you and just hits Lottie with it. And right away, (laughs) she just seems to snap out of it. Let's just say Laura Lee is more powerful than both of the priests in the exorcist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, her faith is unwavering. It's true. I also, I looked a lot at the back, like everybody when this was all happening and Van is really funny when Laura Lee comes in. She's like, oh girl, like this is not going to work. Like the annoyance on her face (laughs) is so funny. (laughs) Back in the present, early in the morning, Ty decides that she does want to fight back against her opponent. And she decides that she is going to go low. She's going to give a speech. Uh, At first it seems like she's going to take the high route, but as they're kind of introducing her and she's kind of hearing different things she just kind of decides that she's gonna fight back she gives this riveting speech about fighting back and courage and just saying that what happened wasn't sensational in in the forest basically and then to make it more dramatic and I think for shock factor she blames the red paint on somebody else other than Sammy, basically alluding that somebody else wrote this on their door. She like dramatically pulls off like a drape that's on it, showing uh, the red paint reading spill. But during that speech, while she's doing that, she sees the lady with no eyes in 
in the back of the crowd and her wife looks really shook up during this whole speech and the way that Ty decides to kind of go with her speech. Yeah, together we can do anything. She like completely flips mm-hmm. and her wife's like, fuck, this is not what we talked mm-hmm. about. <laughs> yeah. I thought she didn't even decide until she was in the middle of the speech or at the very beginning. Because she's she looking gonna, at the note yeah. cards and you can tell that she's like deciding and she's like, I'm not going to say any of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I thought she was going to resign like at that point. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Is that what yeah. you think she was going to do at that yeah. moment? Yeah, for sure. And that's why her wife is like, what? Do we think that something compelled her at that moment? Was it the lady with the desire to win? I think she yeah, was, she wants was to like, win. I is very focused on winning, even if she was a teen. She's very mm-hmm. focused on that, so it doesn't surprise me. Once she got out there, she decided she couldn't fail. Yeah, I think there's also something more going on. I definitely think there's something else that's – although we know she wants to win, I think that's why she hasn't given up to this point. But I think that the fact that she sees – sees the person with no eyes and then like here's the well I don't know we don't know that she hears it but like the music that plays I I don't know I just think and the wolf she has like the most visions out of anybody Mm -hmm. that's definitely true right yeah back in the forest coach approaches Missy about his tea basically saying like I know you spike that bitch but when she brings up about her feelings we see a change in him and he says that he feels the same way about her, but don't tell anybody else so the other girls don't get jealous. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm just really trying to keep my distance because you're not quite 18. And I don't think I can control myself, he says. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody believe this? I will so say he's very smart. He's very smart at saying this though because i think he's realizing this might be something i should do to get and he is praying that they get rescued before she turns 18 it's -hmm. very misery it's like you're you're obsessed with me i think i'm gonna lean into that and see if i can get out of this i also loved when he was like when he was like misty my sweet misty and like (laughs) only trying to like fight back the vomit amazing yeah yeah I know it's really funny. He can't even think of like a name. Like he can't think of a little nickname like Honey or Sweet. He's just like my sweet Misty. <laughs> like he can't think of anything. <laughs> he doesn't feel it. <laughs> it's also did anybody notice the beginning of this? Laura Lee's like trying to scrub out the symbol, which is funny yeah. in the attic. Mm-hmm. Nope, it's engraved in there, girl. Sorry, not coming off. <laughs> At night, when everybody is trying to get ready to go to bed. Ty decides that she is going to go sleep in the attic because she wants to prove that there's nothing up there. And Shauna thinks that her and Jackie should actually go up there with her so she's not by herself. Mm -hmm. But Jackie's just like, are you fucking nuts? Like, we're not going up there. I'm not going Mm -hmm. up there. Yeah. So after a little while, Shauna does eventually go up there on her own because she doesn't want to just leave Ty. And that's when we find out that she actually is pregnant for sure because... As soon as they, as she lays down beside Ty, Ty just says, like, how far along are you? Immediately. She she knew. And Shauna doesn't really put up a fight with it at all. She just admits it yeah. at that point. But she tells her not to tell anybody and kind of like, well, it's going to come out one way or the other. Yeah, so. you're, they're going to notice, girl. <laughs> Back in the present, Callie wakes up thinking that she can casually just blackmail Shauna. Mm-hmm. And again, this is when Shauna just shows that she's a straight up 
hard ass bitch and she's been through <laughs> it and she doesn't care. Um, Callie's trying to say that she gets no curfew in exchange for yeah. keeping her secrets, but Shauna is really quick to just hit back saying, uh, pointing out, well, divorce lawyers are really expensive. We're going to be having to dip into your college fund. We only have this much anyways. Oh, also like once your dad is ready to actually date, you're going to have to give him dating advice because it's going to be girls that are probably going to be around your age. Uh, and she just paints this picture of him just like spiraling out of control, basically to like prove to Callie, like, go ahead and say it, but you're just going to make him spiral. Yeah, you're going to lose as much as I do, girl. Yeah. So she kind of quickly realizes that she's not going to win this one. And when Jeff comes into the room, Shauna's like, she's got something to tell you. I love that. She's so manipulative. She's just like, I went to the city and I did Molly and I got really high and I had to call mom. (laughs) Yeah. And Shauna tried to be nice. She's like, I got you some Pedialyte. Get you hydrated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And right after this. Shauna does go ahead and Google herself because they did kind of point out like, you know how easy it is to find out what happened to you? Like it's everywhere on the internet. And she brings it up realizing that it is really easy to find. Yeah. I felt really bad for her in this moment because I felt like she was finally like with Adam. No one knows her past. He's not going to ask her anything about it. Like, and no, it was all an illusion because now she's like, oh, shit. He probably does She's She's being a bit naive. Like, come on. This yeah. is like the biggest thing that happened, girl. Like, he's going he's gonna to know who you are. Sorry. <laughs> well, and I think maybe she doesn't even realize how much it probably does affect her daughter because, like, this has been around her whole life, right? Like, they've had media attention on their whole family, not just her, even though she wasn't in it. I'm sure that it's it's a lot to have to deal with as a kid, too. Yeah. Nat eventually had clearly called or contacted Ty uh, to bring her to her place to show her those crime scene photos. And at this point, Misty is not there. And at the same time that Ty's there and they're looking at the photos, Nat happens to receive a text demanding $50,000 or that they will spill the truth. And they got also sent like a text picture where you can use your symbols and whatever to actually make the the yeah. symbol out of it. Yeah. I was like, that had to have taken some time. A lot of time. <laughs> they sketched it out first to be like, yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, she has a camera. That's a huge reveal. Misty planted a camera in Natalie's apartment. Like, that's mm-hmm. fucked up, girl. Ylang, Ylang, owl shaped diffuser. Yeah. <laughs> they decide that they have to call Shauna, but they find out that Misty has already informed her. And then, yeah, that's when it pans out to see that Misty does have a camera and at first she's like super stoked until they start shit talking her being like she is crazy uh-huh. and that's kind of where the episode ends so yeah. big cliffhanger huge Nat calls her a poodle haired little fucking freak <laughs> yeah conniving poodle haired little fucking freak what a line that's beautiful uh, so good yeah, it was such a good episode. Like, okay. I feel like the episode before almost felt like a little bit of a filler or it was just like character development for Shauna. And then this one's just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. A lot. Shock after shock. Yes. MVP was really hard for me. 
for this episode. It was tricky because there is so much that happens. And I'm like, I feel like it kind of depends on what you want it to be. Uh, I kind of wanted to give it to Lottie just because the actress is so great at like being Mm -hmm. in the moment and being psycho and being a little creep in the water, staring off at the distance and not realizing she's in a lake. But I, okay, I hate this because we all know I don't like Shauna, but I'm going to give it to her. I wrote in manipulation. I think it's older Shauna because she's very manipulative with her daughter but I do like that she has that speech with her. I hate that she's like out with Adam like it's not a big deal and acting like they're dating. That bothers the shit out of me. But she's very smart and knows what she's doing with her daughter when her daughter finds out. So for that. And then also for, I mostly want to give it to young Shauna because, you know, she's very good with friendship in this episode. First, like with Jackie and kind of talking her up and Jackie's the reason that they do the seance. And then she's with Ty in the very end. Like, and has opened up about her being pregnant and also like goes up with her in the attic when nobody else will. And, and also I, this isn't like an MVP, but I want to shout out to the writers because I think this is one of my favorite scripts so far. Like the dialogue is so good. And I wrote down mm-hmm. so many lines in this episode, like <laughs> when Jackie says this rag situation is a fucking horror show. And like everything Jackie yeah. says about the period is very funny. And when she says like, welcome to club flow, all of that. <laughs> and then I like Mari's like what the motherfuck just happened. I just think yeah. it's a funny way to say that. It's yeah. just a lot of the dialogue is really great. And yeah. But what about everybody else? Mine was actually Lottie's until oh. just because I'm like, man, that chick, like, she's she busts her head open and she's yeah. okay. She's yeah. getting through it. Um, but then as we were talking, I was like, actually, maybe it's Laura Lee because she kind of saved the day with that Bible. Otherwise, they could have yeah. been a lot of shit. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So that's Love mine. It. I was shocked to find my MVP was also Shauna. Oh. For the same reasons, Katie, you had said. <laughs> so just um, kind of bringing Jackie out of her shell and realizing that she is kind of falling outside of the group and wanting to bring her back in and make sure that everybody's okay. Shauna was also my pick, but I'm really like, I liked Laura Lee as a pick. That's, that's I a didn't cool, even think about cool that. choice. Yeah. yeah. Because she just comes up and like I said, with the power of a young priest and an old priest, just like compels the Christ out of like, mostly just throwing maybe just the Bible touching her and she's <laughs> it's the other way around. Oh boy. Oh goodness. <laughs> All right. So uh, I have to get a a shout out to the music supervisors, Jen Malone and Whitney Pilzer, because once again, they kill it with the music. There are really uh, four songs that we kind of hear very clearly, starting with, as we talked about, This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan. This is when they're in the cabin in 1996 and they're dancing around on that Walkman amplified with a metal bucket. Mm-hmm. And they're dancing to it. And we've seen them dance like this before in the locker room. So it's kind of like a callback to like a happier time. And the song actually would have been released about a year before their crash. So on February 6th, 1995, it sold a million copies in the U.S. alone and actually went platinum, which is kind of cool. And earned Montel Jordan a, a Grammy nomination. Damn. But I think it establishes that despite their circumstances, like they, they should be by all rights absolutely miserable and like – scared and sad but they still have these moments of joy because they're just normal teenage girls like they still just have that you know that vibrance and like 
vitality. And so they're just really, really enjoying themselves. It's really sweet also to see like the coach and Travis just watching and like they're all enjoying it. It's very cute. It's a nice levity. Yeah. It's played over Slick Rick's uh, children's song, which is actually a very bleak song uh, that ends up with a dead kid. Now, dead a dead kid because of crime, but it's still a dead kid. So there's still that, but there's still a lot of joy in the song. So there's this really great balance of joy and pain and darkness, um, which I think is great and kind of finding joy in dark times. Um, even I think in the Montel Jordan song, and this wasn't a song that I listen to a lot back in the day. Uh, but I think there's a line about like, even the gangsters forgot about the drive-by. Like, so like even, you know, like it might be dark, but there's still, still joy there. And then we go to Emergency by Sophie Tucker uh, featuring Novak and Yaks.x. Um, and this is when Adam and Shauna arrive at the Halloween party at the club. Uh, and I feel like this is the beginning of Malone and, and Pilzer uh, leaning heavily into the music that I've never heard of um, because <laughs> the next song, the next few songs I'd never heard of, never heard them before. But this is definitely the kind of song that you would anticipate hearing when you're waiting out, outside of a club. Uh, it's very energetic, bouncy, and um, it was written about, um, and I can't think of her name, but Sophie Sophie Tucker um, is the the first names of the two people in the band. So Sophie and Tucker. Um, and it was written about Sophie falling on the dance floor uh, during a concert and breaking her foot. So that's why they're saying emergency call, call the doctor or whatever it is. Wow. Then we have Watashi no Say, uh, which is by Andrea Monarchio and Gun Kawamura. And this is when Misty and Natalie meet Misty's contact in the restaurant to get that file on Travis. And this song is playing in the background. And it is the hardest song to find any information about, let me tell you. Like I pride myself on my research skills and found literally nothing about them. Um, but it's this quirky retro sounding song. It could be played in a tiki bar, which is kind of exactly what it looks like they're in when this is playing. Watashi no se. Now it is Japanese and I tried to use Google Translate to, to translate what it means. Um, Watashi no generally means mine or my. Uh, and I did see some things that said that Watashi no se means my fault or like my bad kind of thing. But I also couldn't find anything to confirm that. So that could be incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, we have Freak Out uh, by Nightlapse featuring Liska. And this is when they're, uh, Adam and Callie and Shauna are all in the club. And it's when Shauna thinks that she sees Jackie before discovering that it is actually Callie in Jackie's uniform. And it's described as a modern-day love letter to 90s rave culture, mm -hmm. oh, uh, which nice. is perfect because it you know, ties the two together, the two timelines. And it's also perfect because Shauna is on the verge of freaking out as she thinks she sees a young Jackie walking through the club. And there's actually a line in the song that says, it ain't me, but it's wearing my skin. Ooh, Ooh. creepy. Like and this. this is probably where Callie's about to freak out too from being too high on Molly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that is the music in the episode. Ooh, I love, love it. That. Okay, now I will do survival tips. My first one is <laughs> how to create or survive a seance. How about don't do it? Because it's <laughs> it's stupid and you don't want to invite anybody. I don't want any Ouija boards. I don't want some hereditary situation. That's not it for me. I don't want it. Avoid it. No, thank you. I did do it when I was a kid. I would never do it now. I was going to say that was honestly mine. I couldn't really think of 
anything else. I tried to look up like just the words how to survive a seance and didn't really come <laughs> yeah, up with anything. Same, same, same. <laughs> just have some holy water because that must have been readily available for them. Yeah. So. I did read that salt is a good option. Ooh. Oh, that's like hocus pocus. Do you right, spread it around yes. you? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's got to be salt, I would think, in the cabin there's salt. I mean, it might be a little hardened and they have to, like, break it, but. Maybe have a super religious person like Laura Lee who has a Bible on yeah. hand. That that might be great, especially if there's, like, a demon situation. Just avoid it. Just don't do it. Okay. My second one, <laughs> how to make period pads because they're all on their period. Uh, I looked this up and it's basically you have to use anything that's absorbent, obviously. So cotton, wool, gauze, this is a weird tip um, in addition to this, which is socks. They can be used because, you know, they normally absorb sweat and other things, but they're a really good absorbent apparently. So they could do that too because they all have socks. Icky, but it works. (laughs) And then my last one, (laughs) it's not really a tip. It's just me being stupid. If you're pregnant in the woods, I wrote, don't tell your best friend since it's her boyfriend's baby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and also very unslyly dip a pad into deer blood because apparently that's what she chose to do and she was not sneaky about it um and then otherwise you know the normal things you do when you're pregnant like rest if it's winter wear winter boots but you don't have them so sorry Hi- stay hydrated moisturize and maybe don't cut up your friends to munch on <laughs> for later <laughs> I mean, if you can't eat raw fish and you're not supposed to eat deli meats, I feel like cannibalism, not the best bet. Yeah, no. No, not a good choice. (laughs) Anybody else who has other things? I have. Ylang Ylang essential oil soothes stress, anxiety, sadness, tension, and sleeplessness. It's also an aphrodisiac and is reputed to boost the libido, enhance sensuality between a couple. Ooh, fancy. So, other good essential oils. Um, Best for relaxation. Yes, lavender um, for sleep, chamomile. Meditation, orange. Anxiety, sandalwood. Best for stress, clary sage. Best mood lifter, lemon. Best for diffusing, bergamot. Best for topical use is rose. And best for depression is jasmine. Also, you had mentioned peppermint oil, Katie, and that is very good for keeping away wasps and yellow jackets. Oh. So put it all over your face if you want to avoid misty, coach. (laughs) You can also use a combination of clove, geranium, and lemongrass as a natural pest control. Oh, peppermint for me is a good calming. And if you put it on your temples, it's very good for headaches and migraines. That's like, Mm -hmm. it gets rid of it. It is funny that you mentioned that it's good for couples. Because I do feel like Misty has a big crush on that at times. Mm, Really? Really? Oh, in their adult adult life, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's her obsessive. It's also her obsessive need to be a part of something because she's not. Mm-hmm. she's so alone all the time yeah my tip for surviving the episode is really all about misty who is clearly developing oh. her sociopathic tendencies <laughs> as she crushes very hard on coach ben and uh so i'm going to talk about how you can survive a stalker nice so Love it. there are four different types of stalkers that are identified oh, by God, the CDC. <laughs> yeah and misty is definitely what they call actually this one was from uh public health canada 
Wow. Misty is what they call an erotomanic uh, stalker because she is convinced mm. that the object of her affection loves her and that he would return the affection if it weren't for some kind of external influence. Mm-hmm. So generally the person that the erotomanic uh, stalker feels this way about is somebody of a higher status, but not often a celebrity. So it could be like your supervisor at work, um, a doctor, uh, a police officer who stops you for a traffic violation but doesn't charge you, or your assistant soccer coach. So according to the CDC, stalking is fairly common. One in six women and one in 17 men will actually experience stalking in some form during their lifetime. The difference between those numbers is scary. Women are so much more likely. That's terrifying. Here's some of the things you can do. Um, and now a lot of these, like I said, won't apply to him. So find a safe place to go if someone is following you. Carry your cell phone with you at all times and keep it charged. That's not really an option for Coach Ben. Trust your instincts. Like he is very uncomfortable by Misty, so he should definitely trust that. Vary your roots and routines. He doesn't really have a choice there. Exercise with a buddy. And they say to try not, not to go too many places alone. So like, you know, he yeah. should always have somebody else with him. Be cautious of what you post online because somebody who is stalking you will use that to their advantage. Consider taking a self-defense class. Create a safety plan. Refrain from responding to someone who is stalking you. So they say don't answer emails, texts, phone calls, messages, even just telling them to stop because they will – they may take that as a – take that in the wrong way and and it can basically encourage them. Seek counseling. So hopefully if uh, Coach Ben manages to get out of the wilderness, that he goes and sees a counselor for many reasons, not just because of Misty. Um, And let people know you're being stalked. So I feel like he actually should tell some – I mean, I don't know who you would tell because they're all – not that much. They're also all together so you can't really get away. And he has no leg, so – he probably also feels somehow responsible for these girls. He's the only adult there. He does. And he knows yeah, if sure. he tells anyone about Misty, they would ostracize her even further. That's true. That's also, true. everybody should check if, well, obviously he can't do this and this is the 90s, but your phones, your location too, because there's a whole thing, especially with Apple, where there's certain locations that are way too specific that you need to like turn off so they don't, because everybody, know. otherwise it's like everybody knows where you are at all times. So it's a little terrifying. But yeah, that's why I think for him, he probably shouldn't have told Misty that he was in love with her. And it was because like, I feel like that incur- is going to encourage her and make things worse. So that's my survival tip. I love that. Anything else? Well, does anybody have, did anybody do creepy things when they were young with like a Ouija board or a seance? Because I did. No, I went Maybe to Catholic one? school. We were too afraid. Uh, <laughs> I was Catholic too, but I did it anyway. I will say I'll give one really quick example. Um, and you can tell me what you think. We were, so this was a sleepover. God, how old was I? I don't know. It was like Girl Scout age. So I must have been like nine or something, 10. And we went to my friend's house. There was probably like seven of us. I did it at at least a couple of like sleepovers because that was a big thing, you know, when we were younger. But this one, we like asked, if you're here, give us a sign. And we we're using the Ouija board. And we, right after we asked that, we like looked around the room and then we went Nobody was was home, by the way. It was just us. And then we went into the kitchen, and all of the magnets were upside down. That's terrifying, right? <laughs> all of us were like, who did that? Like, nobody's home. Everybody was in the room. I don't know. But that was pretty That's scary. a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Straight up ghost. Real life ghost. <laughs> it's like, let me fuck with these little girls. Never again. Never again. <laughs> uh, I think we used a Ouija board a couple of times, but, like, now I would never, never. No. No. 
Well, yellow snackets, let us know what your theories are. You can find us on Twitter at Blood Spilling on an Instagram at Spilling the Blood. We will be back with more theories, wacky quizzes, and 90s nostalgia when we recap episode six, Saints. Until then, stay out of the woods. <laughs> <laughs>